If someone, say an eager student or an anxious parent, searches the name Lovett on Instagram, the first result is probably what they were looking for. The Lovett School, the account for the private college preparatory high school in Atlanta, Georgia. The school's website gives its official pledge for members of the Lovett community to seek to live lives of good character. And the school touts its mission to graduate students of honor, faith, and wisdom. The next result on Instagram is Lovett Athletics for the various successful, well-funded sports teams of the school. After scrolling and scrolling past a bunch of people who happen to have the last name Lovett, plus one called We Love Lovett Moms, dedicated to gossip about Lovett's community of moms, one account might catch this person's eye, and it might reveal a darker truth about the school. Its profile picture is the fist icon, representing the Black Lives Matter movement, and its name, Black at Lovett. Opening the account reveals hundreds of anonymous stories of explicit racism at the school, from someone hearing students say racial slurs on the daily, to a teacher mocking a black student's way of speaking to their friend. Above the link for anonymous submissions, their bio says this, This is a space for black alums of Lovett to share their experiences. We are reclaiming our voices, not directly affiliated with the Lovett School. So Lovett is a part of Buckhead. Um, there's a lot of other private schools that are in that area, but um, I think Lovett's culture is most reflected by Buckhead culture, which is super white, super wealthy, um, very insular. Um, a lot of the folks who go to the school live near the school. And so they are very well known in the community because the, they are the community. That's Ashley Jeffrey. She graduated from Lovett in 2011. Alison Burns, who graduated in 2015, has a similar description of the school. Yeah, I would second that. Um, Love It is a part of a circle of, of private schools that are within a few miles of each other. Um, and all of them look very similar in terms of demographics, socioeconomic status, um, and wealth. A quick Google search tells me that Love It is 83% white. Ashley remembers it is even worse just nine years ago. I remember, so when I was at Love It, I remember they had a pamphlet, I think when I was in middle school, and they described it as 90% white, 10% other. And I remember us all, like, through the years being like, ah, yes, you know, it's that other, right, in terms of referring to everyone else that wasn't white. One of Black at Lovett's first posts describes itself partially as a response to Lovett's lukewarm response to the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Tony McDade, and countless others. On their Instagram page... Uh, you know, they were posting jokes about, like, why did the geese cross the road? Because we have geese on campus. They're posting a black square, but nobody could comment on the black square. Um, and their statements were like, they weren't and they still have not acknowledged explicitly black at love it or black students or racism. It's very much like, oh, there are people that are hurt and voices that are silenced. But to to make it, I guess to put it like, Clearly, Lovett tried to make a statement about racism and Black students without saying the word racism and without saying the word Black, and they still haven't. So I actually kind of kicked things off because I noticed that um, while everyone was talking about George Floyd, um, I knew that Ahmaud Arbery had been killed in Georgia and that Lovett hadn't said anything. So I saw that they had posted something on their Facebook and I commented on it because I was tired of the silence. And, you know, to be to add context, Lovett's legacy is around denying um, MLK III um, admission into the school for purely racist reasons. 
Um, so I remember posting a screenshot of the letter that was sent to the uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s family um, and saying, you know, where does Lovett stand on this? Didn't really hear back. So then the next day I commented on that Facebook post. And then um, I tagged a bunch of other Black alumni asking, you know, where is Lovett's statement around everything that is happening right now and like racial injustice in the country is specifically in Georgia. Um, and then after then, a lot of alumni were going back and forth. And then um, afterwards I was like, okay, white allies, what about you? And tagged a slew of, of other white folks who I felt like, you know, were also likely to be dissatisfied with Lovett's lack of a response. Um, and then from there, it just kind of snowballed. They began by gathering the group of over 200 black alumni from the thread and sharing experiences. When they realized that the stories often had overlap, the same teacher coming up in stories, the same racist trends arising in social culture, they realized the importance of gathering these stories and the power that they had when told together. So they settled on an idea. An Instagram account which publishes stories anyone can anonymously submit. Nobody's name can be specifically mentioned, but Ashley and Allison told me that often the teachers and stories are identifiable enough if you're a member of the Lovett community. They also had to consider the aesthetic of the page. In the world of social media activism, where we're seeing memes and serious posts about the same complicated subjects, one has to consider what tone to approach something like this with. Ashley and Allison went with a simple format, black background, white text, so as not to undermine the subject. And even when something like this is approached with a serious tone, they still mentioned being concerned that it's attracted interest simply as trauma porn, a way for people to indulge in the fascination of others' misfortune without doing anything to change it. Once they created the page, they braced themselves. Using social media to expose love it wasn't actually new to Ashley, and the response hasn't always been pretty. Honestly, we've been doing this iteration of talking about racist incidents that have happened at Love It for years. I mean, I had done a status in 2015 after I was I had graduated from undergrad. There was a status probably in 2013 and 11 and 2007. It, we can just go back and find the old Facebook statuses about racist things that have happened at Love It. So inspiration was really mostly us being like, it's time to finally do something about this um, because this is the second time that Allie and I had like specifically talked after we had graduated to be like, racist things are happening at Love It, not, not only at Love It, but like this lack of response also speaks to what the administration stands for, it feels like. So based on the experiences that we've had before, actually, I'm, sh I'm shocked that we didn't get more pushback. And maybe part of it is like maturity, right? But like in high school, I remember graduating, maybe being two years into undergrad and writing something about Love It and getting a slew of comments being like, well, if you didn't like it, you shouldn't have gone here. We gave you a great opportunity, right? This idea of we gave you, right? My blackness, I think being the other thing that I was allowed to get this information or get into these circles and these spheres. Um, and I think that I was really expecting a lot more of that same type of mindset. Um, so to see that it wasn't there, um, was actually very helpful. And hopefully, and I did have some like alums from my year specifically message me saying like, hey, um, I'm I'm looking at the, the message that, that we have right now from four years ago and I'm embarrassed of what I said then. And, you know, it took a lot of experience, experiences for me to like understand what race and racism can look like. And I apologize and I see that, you know, like I believe you, I hear you and how can I help? So, I mean, that was good. This time she didn't get pushback. Instead of comments of disapproval and defensiveness, they were met with support. Stories rolled in as alumni and allies alike followed and shared the account. Things were on track. The account was growing. Alums and students were showing that they're ready for change. 
And if people weren't happy with it, they at least weren't putting up a fight online. Until one day, Ashley and Allison started getting screenshots in their DMs. Another Instagram account had popped up, called We Love Love It. Its purpose was to share anonymous stories of people's good memories at the school, to remind each other why they loved Love It. Um, so Ashley and I spoke about it and we made the decision not to acknowledge the page just because um, we didn't want to use our platform in that way. Um, but I think that our followers and our supporters really just handled it for themselves, which was great. Um, it was kind of frustrating to see it because thus at that point we hadn't really received any hate mail or any hate messages and we're in group chats with the other black ad pages from new york new jersey atlanta and we've seen screenshots of racial slurs and the things that are being said to them and we were fortunate at that point to not have had that experience and so to see this we love love it page and just really i felt like the point of black and love it just went over their heads they felt like oh, this is a great school. We need to show it. This is a great school. And Lovett has, you know, Lovett is an elite private school. They have these great opportunities and there are great things that you can do there. But that doesn't mean that they don't also have faults and that they can't do better. Um, and so it was frustrating to see, but I think that our followers and our supporters, like I said, they really, um, they went and they responded and shut it down somehow. I know that the page was very um, vigilant and so they were blocking anybody that said anything against them. And so we were getting messages and screenshots from people that had commented and sent messages and were subsequently blocked, but I guess they got the job done. The flurry of angry Instagram stories and DMs took care of the account and it's now been deleted. There's nothing that this not very subtle attempt to invalidate Black at Love It could do. Not only were things going well for the account itself, but it seemed to be starting something big. It's difficult to track the origins of a social media movement like this, but similar accounts for other schools and colleges started popping up, from the Ivy League to public schools across the country. And Black at Lovett was certainly at least one of the first. Although Lovett specifically still has not responded to the account, the movement has clearly already begun to make sure that no other Black or marginalized student would have to experience things like in the stories being posted. Allison and Ashley moved forward with the next step, releasing a petition and a list of demands for Lovett, including implementing anti-racist curriculum, training staff to address racist incidents, hiring guidance counselors of color, recruiting enough black students to match Atlanta's demographic, required anti-racist education for parents, establishing policies for the school to hold itself accountable, establishing policies for the school to hold itself accountable, and much more. But behind the progress of Black at Love It and its mission, there was also a truth, both heartbreaking and validating, that Allison and Ashley experienced. As the women reading every single one of the submitted stories, they had to comprehend the vast network of people who have felt this pain. I don't think that I even realized to what extent students were being mistreated at the school. And so to read stories about sexual assault, about physical assault, um, and to read stories that go back, like I said, to 1975, the 1980s, um, some of it was really just horrifying and hard to read because we had probably around 300 submissions. Um, some of them we decided to post, some of them we didn't. Um, but I think that one thing that stands out to me is that all of these students, whether they graduated in 75 or 2020, they remember those experiences vividly. Um, but when you speak to a lot of the Black alumni, they talk about 
wow, I tried to block this school from my memory. Wow, it's really hard for me to think back and to really reflect about these experiences. But when you ask them, they remember exactly what was said and who said it and where they were and what they were doing. Um, so just to see, I think, the racial trauma and how vast it is was kind of difficult as well. Yeah, what was it like to read those first stories coming in? Ah, oh, that's a good question. We haven't gotten this question yet, actually. Um, it was validating in a sad way. Um, a lot of the story submissions are my own, they're alleys, right? And um, it's it's disheartening to know that so many people experience the same thing, specifically at the hands of like the same teachers, um, to know how many people had flagged those issues with those same teachers to administrators and nothing had happened. So you have some teachers who were there for 10 plus years doing the same thing to just different black students, right? Um, so reading those stories was like, oh my gosh, other people went through this too. Like I knew about some stories just from like the, a couple classes above me and like some classes below me, but to see how far it had spanned, um, it, it was, it, I don't know, it, it was weird. It felt like you belonged to this circle of people who had also been wronged. And so like all those years where people tried to gaslight you and say like, well, it wasn't that bad or like you didn't experience that or like you're being too sensitive. Everyone else had gotten that too. So it was almost this weird feeling of like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I thought it was wrong then, I think it's wrong now, but other people agree with me and they also thought it was wrong then and were silent. So just noticing the pattern, I think, more than anything made me feel like, okay, wow, like I'm, I didn't make this all up in my head, you know? Thanks to Blue Dot Sessions for providing the music used in today's show. The producer for this episode was me, Will Butler. Many thanks to my interviewees, Allison Burns and Ashley Jeffrey, for sitting down to talk with me and for the incredible project that is Black I Love It. We'll be back next week with another episode. This is Anatomy of a Meme Season 2 from WBRU. Stay tuned.